Welcome to Map It Marketing. I am your host, Rachel Clapper, and today I'm so excited to be sharing with you the business story of Girls Get Off and owner Viv Conway. It's all pretty PG in here, but if you are in a car with children, you're sensitive to topics around sexual behaviors, then perhaps this is a one that you might want to just listen to by yourself. However, I had a lot of fun on this podcast. Most of you may not know that I wrote a book on dating, um, and I also used to be a sex and relationship expert, so to speak, um, on breakfast television. So this was my comfort zone, but possibly not one that you're used to me talking in. So I had a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, and Viv's way of marketing and thinking about building community is second to none. You'll learn a lot from her and hopefully enjoy laughing alongside us. Let's get started. Welcome. This is Mavit Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Hello and welcome to the Map It Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Claver, and I'm really excited today to have Viv Conway from Girls Get Off come on. I'm going to get her to introduce herself in a moment. I'm also really excited about this because some of you may not know, but the book I wrote before Be a Spider Builder Web was called 88 Dates, which was about my story on um, internet dating, but also collecting other people's dates. And for a while, I was a sex and dating um, expert, hilariously, um, in my horrendously then single life on breakfast television. So um, this is like a bit of a blast for a past me. I My biggest giveaway on my blog back then was um, some vibrators. Um, and then I got into trouble because a man won them. I checked that his wife was going to be happy with them. And he said yes, but he lied. And I got a very angry message from her because he was wanting her to use it. Well, you know, anyway. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this. You may see a side of me you haven't seen before, guys. Um, but you're definitely going to get a lot of information and inspo from Viv because Girls Get Off is an incredible business. Um, if you want to ask questions from today or talk um, about it, come and be part of the Map It Marketing Facebook group. And let's start talking to get to Viv because I honestly feel like um, I'm going to thoroughly enjoy this conversation, especially when we start talking about vulva costumes because I'm a big favorite fan of any costuming and business marketing. All right, um, Viv, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Rachel. And I did not know that about your past. I'm yeah, it's actually, it was actually a really awkward thing because I he won it because it was like a drawer and then his name came up and all the other women. And I said, I need to double check that your wife is going to be happy with this because I'm telling you now that if I had a partner who just gives me like a um, a sex toy and then wants me to use it, I'm going to be like, what the hell are you giving me this for? We haven't talked about it. And I was like, no, no, she'll love it. And then I got this email from her and she was <gasps> not happy. And I was like, I checked it with him, talk to him. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, First golden rule. Don't give a sex toy to someone unless <laughs> you discuss whether they think they're going to be interested in it or not. <laughs> And I mean, we talk to a lot of sex therapists, sexologists, and I mean, ultimately, everything in that realm comes back to communication, right? It sounds oh, like there are a few amazing. gaps in that relationship. Yeah, there were definitely gaps which were highlighted by that guy doing that. And then I was yeah. kind of grossed out that he had like thought that it was going to be okay somehow. So anyway, so now tell us a little bit about your currently, um, are you in Gold Coast right now or in Sydney? I'm I'm literally right now recording from the Gold Coast, yes. but I live. But you've in relocated to Sydney. I have, I yes. have. It was a um. I think we talked just before the podcast started recording. It was a feeling for me that I had a few years ago, 
Um, and then just after COVID, it was like, right, it's time to it's time to go. It was more of a, like a life choice, but yeah. um, we are expanding Girls Get Off to Aussie and it is amazing to be on the ground to understand the trends, why people are making the decisions that they do, who they're following on Instagram. Um, I'm currently in the Gold Coast for a conference called Retail Fest, so they bring in all these um, e-commerce merchants or specialists and all, all these vendors which provide solutions um, and it's been amazing to meet people and you just don't get that experience yeah. all the barrier is so much higher to meet yeah. these people from New Zealand so for yeah. example flights were like $140 return to Sydney yeah like from Sydney to Gold Coast I'm like I can't even fly from Auckland to Tauranga for $140 no. the week before yeah so it's it like make the accessibility it Mm. I think too there's just that whole thing around the population size like I'll often talk about Facebook advertising like in New Zealand and I go hey Facebook advertising is designed for a small audience in America which is a million people we have five million people in New Zealand <laughs> so when you learn from an American it's not going to work in New Zealand because the audience are wrong then you get to New Z get to Australia and you have those five six million dollars six million dollar six million people cities and suddenly you go this city like Sydney I think is five million I think it is. It might be more or less. Yeah, it's five million. It's yeah. the same population <laughs> as New Zealand. It is. It's incredible. You can get everything delivered. I've, everything I thought was going to be a like pain in the neck has actually been the opposite. For example, public transport. I thought, yes. how am I going to go from living in Mount Monganui and driving 10 minutes down the road to sitting on a bus or a train for like 40 minutes to get to work? But it's been the best thing ever because you're so productive. I'm not yeah. distracted by driving the car and I can do my emails before I even get to work. And they come example, on a regular but... basis, not like up uh, where yeah. I'm close, where it's like you miss your bus, and it's like, oh great, another hour and forty five minutes to the next one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's so that much is easier. So true. That so is so tell true. us about Girls Get Off. Give us a bit of a rundown about Viv and why you got started with it, and um, what made you decide that you were going to bring a pleasurable experience to the women of New Zealand and Australia. <laughs> totally. So I guess I'll give a little brief rundown on like even a little bit before Girls Get Off because I yeah. guess it gives some context as to um, why Girls Get Off has kicked off in the way that it has. Um, so I started my first business at uni um, that was selling some sportswear from that learned how to grow Instagram accounts and market them. Um, and a friend was doing the same for her like content creator channel. We started getting asked more questions about how did you do that? How did you grow? Um, and so that formed into like a social media agency. So that's what I've been doing full time since probably 2017 um, and had clients since 2016. Um, so I'd been in the marketing space for a little while and I think it was like quite on the edge of especially Instagram marketing. Mm. Um, and then fast forward to 2020 when the lockdown was happening, um, my friend Joe and I knew we kind of wanted to work together. So we'd been looking at different options um, that might sort of be the new best opportunity and she said to me over a few lockdown um socially distanced drinks like how about vibrators you know and when we looked at the market it was like okay if you look at a product such as a satisfy pro yeah the only reason that product is trending and the only reason women are buying that product is because a their friends have told them about it mm. or b they've seen a viral review so it was happening here on the radio stations there was a, a toy called tracy's dog and it was getting like these funny reviews on amazon estates and so these were the ways that people were finding out about these products um no one was actively marketing these products in a way that was like skincare or like any other product that we buy mm. you know you've got people using influencers for everything under the sun but no one was doing it for sex toys um, and then on top of that, if you decided, okay, I'm a little bit curious about this, maybe I'm ready to dive in and, or dip my toes in and get a toy, 
your options were either I go online and there's 800 different types and like, what do I even know how to choose? It's like, I'm not, it's not like choosing a movie. I've got no idea oh. what I want or, and these names like the Dong Blast for 3000 or the King Cock. And you're like, that does not make me feel like normal. They, sound, they do or, feel scary, right? Some of them sound like super intimidating. Names. They look scary. Yeah. Um, and you know, and they often have been in the past. I was listening to a podcast from someone else who designs vibrators in the States. And she said that one of the things I found really fascinating, it was a David Farrier podcast. I don't know if you listen to Oh, really? Cool. But she did what he did one about, I think he did one about porn, but he talked to someone who invents vibrators, but she was saying like that purple color, like that real bright purple color and stuff. (laughs) Men designed vibrators and they decided that they would like in like a deep purple color. (laughs) Oh, and I mean, if you look at the top six toys in the market, you've got like the Satisfy Pro and you've got like the Womanizer. Those are two of like the top brands. Mm-hmm. And I know that Womanizer is owned by a male and yeah. I'm assuming Satisfy is too. But like yeah. what woman is going to name, a, like it's so it's so the patriarchy, right? Like yeah. Womanizer as if it's that's sort of the focus. Um, and yeah, anyway, so and the only other option from online and there's huge sites. Um, which are great for people who are super experienced and they want to, you know, try something new or they know what they want, um, was going into a store, which again, mm. is just like not a great buying it's customer scary. experience. Yeah. In Sydney, there's, they're not allowed to be on the ground level. You've got to go downstairs or upstairs. What? I know. Okay. Yeah. So it has totally changed. I lived in Sydney in the nineties and yeah. my first husband, our third date was him taking me to a sex, a sex toy shop called the toolbox, uh, which sounds like. I went there the other day. Yeah, so was it not downstairs? It, oh, maybe it was downstairs. Maybe yeah. it was downstairs. The, t- the toolbox is downstairs, and you've got to like walk down, and you feel like you're walking into like a cave. I was a pretty innocent person, by the way, back then. So, like, this was <laughs> he was showing it to me because it was in the back then. Like, things are very different now, guys. But this was like in New Zealand, um, being gay was still illegal at this stage, I think. <gasps> and wow. so, well, maybe it had just become legal. And so it was still quite underground, like literally underground, like the whole culture was underground. So going in there was just like, what? You know, like I just, yeah. like, what's going on here? And it didn't, it would, it would not have been a place that I would have gone, oh, what a lovely shop. And I was yeah, like, cute. I'm in here, but I'm terrified someone's going to tell my mother I'm here. Yeah. It was just like a, a complete yeah. experience. And I think something that I've actually realized around my own experiences recently is that in sexual experiences like feeling safe is actually mm. one of the biggest things well for me anyway safe, yes. and so you when relax. you are so you can relax and you can get out of your head and you can actually have a good yes. orgasm and you can have a good time and when you're going to a weird shop and you're talking to someone who doesn't look like you or doesn't talk like you then that doesn't make you feel welcoming it no. feels intimidating it makes you feel a little bit dirty perhaps and then you you know you feel like you've got this like you know, it's, it's a taboo and it's a hidden secret. So we we went, okay, let's like totally flip that on its head. There's one other brand at the time doing a good job of marketing it on social media. And we thought, and we can outbrand them. Like we yeah. can we can still do this. Um, And so we thought, let's make a brand that's as well branded as anything else you'd buy in 2021. Um, Let's make it unintimidating. So we have a product that wouldn't look out of, out of place on your bedside table or in your bathroom. Um, And let's, make the marketing fun and relatable so there were other brands at the time they'd gone like that were quite woo woo I mean there's totally a place for glass yoni eggs and things like that and then others had gone quite um education and like wellness vibes which also totally place for that 
but we thought let's make it fun and humorous let's wear costumes let's um do sunday confessions every week and like make people laugh and celebrate it and actually create something that is shareable because we're so limited by the paid advertising that we can do so that it becomes um our own content channel and that also starts conversations so even even now what we find is that of the people who follow us that are in relationships they'll often be watching the content with their partner and we can see so sunday confessions for example is a segment we run every sunday people message in what they've been up to over the weekend and we we post that we can see that if someone's been bent over the kitchen bench one week that next week we'll have like another three submissions of the same thing so people were like copycatting and they're finding like inspiration new ideas yeah I can just imagine the conversations like oh would you be into that or oh that sounds like fun um yeah so there's a lot more than just um there's a lot more to it than just being like a well-branded thing that's just the tip of the iceberg that makes it approachable so can I just there's a couple things here I want to pull out of here because there's there's two things actually that you said so one of the things I really liked is you talked about how important it is to feel safe so you can relax during sex okay so like that's it But what I really like is what you did is you took that and you put it in a marketing context. Because I often say to people that like your websites are kind of like I actually recently said, you know, your website needs to be ready for people who are ready to have sex with you right away, like wanting to make content right away. But you also need to warm up all the people that aren't quite ready for that, who aren't quite ready for sex on the first date by giving them more things further on. Like I always say that. But like I feel like for you, like you kind of went in sex we need to feel safe so you can relax so we can enjoy it more our brand also needs to make you feel safe so you can relax so you can enjoy the buying process of our products more and actually every brand could adopt that strategy totally I think if you look at because we're so social media focused like I mean if you look at any of the social media influencers who are growing at the moment Mm -hmm. they are the ones who are real relatable they're the ones who are like telling you really lifting a hood I was at a talk on um, Tuesday at this conference for the brand called GDAT. They had the team there and they did last Friday, they did $1 million in two minutes. They're doing incredible over $20 million a year business. Um, And the reason that they do so well is because they focus so much on community. And as they said, they like, they, they let you in under the hood. So they had like videographers following them. They're behind the scenes insane. And it's because they're authentic and they know, um, they're strong on their values and they take everyone on like the personal journey um, I think one of one of the guys said he he lost his life one of the founder lost his license or something um, and so was walking back from I don't know the, dropping his car off or I'm not sure um, and he said so he started this walk and talk series and he said you know I've just lost my license so it's just that like that unpolished honesty and something that people can actually relate to that is what is getting traction yeah and so, so that's I, why for us we like be relatable to the masses you know I am I am so excited about this because I talk because there's a lot of people marketers that go out and go you need to define your niche you need to define your niche and it is really important to have a really clear niche okay so I think it is really yeah. important but this is where people miss out is they don't see that the niche is really only 30 percent of what you talk about because actually what we want to see is we want to see that connection with the person or the people that are selling it or talking about and their thing. And that's middle mass audiences. They're not the niche. Um, you know, so for me, my mass audience might be all women in New Zealand, for example, that could be all. Mm-hmm. And so then it's not just I'm selling sex toys. It is that whole thing around like, here's the stuff that's funny or about us and you relate to us. And then your mid niche would be things around people that are just having sex or want to have sex by themselves or whatever it is. Totally. And the last one is your mass, your miss, your niche would be sex toys. Mm, totally. And I think you can reach 
it's funny I think as especially as like a founder you are it's really changed in the last few mm. years because I think there's like oh my god I personally would rather not be the face behind the you know like the face behind the brand look at all the other brands like Instagram yeah. oh my god Tasha had to drag me into being in photo shoots and like you know doing a podcast and and Joe's the same so she didn't even have any photos with her kids because she didn't like photos and now she's in like reels um, yeah. on Instagram because we've realized how important it is mm. um and I think it you know it goes against the oh but what if you want to like sell the business like you're obviously no, it, so attached to it but it doesn't the, the, yeah. yeah. People often say that as an excuse, but it's not because you just can, you can transition those people in, but they want to totally. connect with a person. Like we are so disconnected. I think one of the reasons that it's so important for us to be helping people with their interpersonal intimacy and sex is exactly the same as why we should be increasing our ways of sharing personal intimacy, but not interpersonal intimacy on our, um, you know, I'm not talking about us all having OnlyFans accounts, um, but, but I but I think it is really important for us to have that intimacy there because when you let people in, like people out there are disconnected. People, people yeah. aren't still seeing a lot of people individually. So they want to know who we are. Yeah. And I think even if it's not you personally, I think I look at um, dessert boxes. I'm not sure if you follow them. They're another Sydney-based business. Um, and the founders are actually not in the stories, but the staff are. Yeah. So Samantha, who is one of the founders, she will be like filming and it's her voice behind the camera, but she's created like characters out of her staff. And even when they have staff change over, it reminds me of a radio station, you know, when they kind of build up characters you know those presenters have their own sort of characters and yeah. they you know play a certain role every day it's it reminds me of that and if they change then that changes you think oh my god what if that changed but it just sort of works yeah and so and she's still um, letting the voice go away the business owner yeah she's still the voice, voice. yeah and yeah. I think that's still that giving that car, like I always say it's kind of like um to give a Christian example it's kind of like Jesus as the shepherd you know and they hear your voice yeah. follow I always kind of, yeah. I was like I'm trying to work out a better analogy for this but I kind of or maybe like it's like a farmer with their sheep dogs when they recognize the voice and they come running or something yeah. but, it, yeah. but you do have to have a consistent voice even if it's shared in the group yeah. this is really key. yeah Okay, totally. so you've got you've got this thing and you've created this amazing thing. And I also really love you shared that background because I do think that people can look at a business like yours and go, how the hell did they manage to just nail that? But you had a lot yeah. of social media and marketing experience before. And that is the secret ticket often to making your business work quite early on that you know that knowledge already, whereas a lot of other business owners are having to learn that after. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's definitely the context. Like I think about what I was doing when I started the sportswear brand. Oh my God, I was just like, I was so blind. Like if I knew what I knew now then, like, wow, that would be so different. Mm -hmm. But that's the whole, that's the journey. That's all that's part of journey. it. So I think that, yeah, going into that, we already knew, you kind of know what to look for. You had seen what's working. Um, I've been running stuff for clients so I could understand what was working for them and what wasn't. Um, Joe had an e-commerce business at the time as well. So it was like a good mix of, um, you know, you already know which influencers mm. convert, for example, because you've worked yeah. with them before. So you don't have to have as many mistakes there. Um, and it just sort of accelerates that. Um, I feel like it, like business really is just trying a lot of things and seeing what works and then like rolling with that, right? But yeah. the journey that it takes to find the right people who are going to deliver services, like, um, understand which where is best your energy is best spent like all those things are trial and error for each business individually um so if you've got like a little bit of experience then it's definitely a leg up but that can only come with time 
Yeah, yeah. I think or hacking it and listening to things like this. Yeah, it is, and people do. You know, like people often apologize to me and say, "Oh, sorry, I haven't." work with you because but I get a lot of stuff in your podcast I'm like that's the reason that the podcast exists yeah my mm-hmm. podcast my newsletters all those things are just to help people get some of it and at some point you'll get a block where you go I do need some extra help but that's what it's for it's the same as your education like you're not I think that's a really important thing in terms of education that both of us have in common because we do have an education element even though there's that fun side as well is yeah. you, when you're making educational content you're not going I better bloody get sales from this you're actually <laughs> yeah. going I'm going to share this as a gift and it may result in sales, but that's not why I'm doing it because otherwise it has a yucky tension to it. Yeah, 100%. It's got to be the, it's a collective approach that leads yeah, to a sales, trust, isn't it? Yeah, eh? a trust, A trust in the mm-hmm. mutual, like, messaging is going to work at some point. 100%. So, because, yeah, like, you're not going to get pissed off with someone if they say, hey, look, I've never bought anything from you, but I watch all your advice and seriously <laughs> made such a big impact on my sex life. Are you? You're not going to yeah, go, well, no. stop following me, you bitch. No, they're just they're just simmering at the top of the funnel. They'll drop down one day. Exactly, exactly. I always yeah. say they're on a sticky web, so they're like stuck there on the web, and they're going to make their way down. So exactly. So so tell me a little bit about um. This I want to talk first about the I want to talk about the vulva costumes, but first. Mm-hmm. The reason that I asked you if you could be on the podcast, um, I'd seen your stuff before anyway, and obviously because I'd had that kind of stuff around the sex and dating writing before, um, I had I I was interested anyway. But um, I had been told to interview you about by about eight people because <laughs> you have amazing billboards that like you use humor a lot and quite a lot of creativity. As a digital person who's had a background in digital. Why did you do billboards and what was the strategy behind it? Well, first I'll say that um, because of the nature of the industry that we're in, we're actually against the community guidelines for, yes. for most platforms. I so know, we actually can't do any paid ads. We've had our TikTok account, like I hate the word shadow banned because I just like don't like it anyway, but we were shadow banned. So we had to start a new account. We had our Instagram account shut down at one stage, touch wood. Now we're very careful. Um, so it's always a very much a challenge for us but I mean it's a double-edged sword it actually I mean you could look at it that we're a little bit disadvantaged but at the same time it means our competitors can't just outspend us on more Facebook ads and so on so it actually allows us to be really creative and like capture people's attention in different ways so the billboard initially um god what was our first one I can't even remember what the first one was Oh, we just did some for Masturbation May. We did them quite early on and we did like... Um, Sorry, I've, Masturbation May. It's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. I know, stay tuned. I actually can't remember what we have planned in the marketing calendar, but have, there's something there. Do you have some April or is it... I know it starts with the day. Yeah. <laughs> no, Masturbation May is a real thing and um, it's because... This will be coming out of Masturbation May, actually. So this is good. This will be coming out, I think, week one or week two of Masturbation May. So if you guys aren't getting into Masturbation May, this is your sign that you should be. Just listen to the podcast, go put on some relaxing music. And it's actually, (laughs) there's something to do with like um, a woman, it was like the Surgeon General or something in the States demand, like saying that um, masturbation should be a part of the sex ed curriculum in US schools. Oh, that's There's a story behind it. Yeah. And then, oh, it's Jocelyn Elder, Surgeon General Jocelyn Elder or something like that. And whether she got like pushback for it or there's something going on there. So that's why it's called Masturbation May. Um, but yeah, so we did some initial billboards to celebrate that. And then 
the next ones we did must have been the Christmas ones. And we, we found a bit of a hack with the billboards in that if you leave it to last minute, which I'm sure a lot of small business owners can relate to, leaving things to last minute, we still do plenty of things the day before, is that you get distressed rates. So billboards uh-huh. are actually cheaper if you're disorganized. Um, and so I remember going, oh, my God, we've just scored like this is meant to be. So now if we want to do a billboard, we'll often wait till till the week before or something be like hey you got any stress rates and then, she doesn't do that she doesn't do well, that yeah. and I was listening that sales billboard she doesn't do that yeah. <laughs> but that's good sudden, intel like 500 for the week or something i'll be putting that in the um, stuff yeah and then we did one and the funniest story about that was there was a new billboard that popped up in mount Mongoli, and we were like we need to be on that billboard and we wanted to say um christmas is coming so can you or something like that oh yeah Oh, no, it was just out of lockdown. It was when Aucklanders were, had just finished their three-month yes, lockdown. Yes, no, that's the one I saw. And so, yeah. yeah, so we thought, oh, my God, perfect like perfect opportunity. They're all going to be driving to the mound. We'll say, Aucklanders are coming, so can you. And we were going to put it on this one billboard. And Gareth said to me, look, you can't put it on that billboard because the landowner is really conservative. But there's one on State Highway too. And turns out the guy used to sell sex toys, and he said, do whatever you want. We were like, oh my God, this is amazing. Because you also have to be, yeah, sometimes the landowners are really conservative. You've got like the people who rent the space from the landowner. And so they're kind of like trying to keep each other happy. Um, and so, yeah, we put the Aucklanders are coming so can you. I've never seen traffic that, like lines of traffic that long in that area before. It was like so perfect. And I think that's the only time we've actually seen an increase in sales from a billboard. Um, and then, amazing. Yeah, just ever so slightly. We don't normally see... Um, see that but it's actually more so because the audience on social media loves it like they just think yes. it's hilarious when there's a good billboard and then when we got complaints about it um, from the ASA um, and that turned into a stuff article that the audience loved that even more like we posted about <laughs> we posted about that and then yeah we did another one the next week but um, yeah, so that was very fun. And I think that's quite memorable for people. So even though it's not like a sales exercise, um, it definitely it definitely is good for the community but online. It's, it's good for that brand awareness stuff. You know, like I yeah. think that when you've got everything else going, like I often say, unless you've got a really good budget at the beginning, don't waste, if you're a small business, don't waste money on brand awareness. But once you've got that community going and your funnel's engaged, your community's engaged, then the brand awareness is a good investment because it's just going to bring more people into that engaged community. But if you start with brand awareness and you don't have that, then they just, they poof, they don't go anywhere. So this is totally. the time for you to do that. Yeah. And even like our first billboards, I look back and I'm like, oh, they probably, they weren't as good as the, like the more simple, the better, you know? Yeah. And so there's still lots of learnings in there. Yeah. I saw, Um, I had interviewed Laura Fevier uh, a few, a few weeks ago. She was on um the podcast that, came out last week or a couple of weeks ago uh, but she used to design billboards she now does packaging design and she said that the rule was you should only have five elements on a billboard and that counts the word oh, yeah, and yeah. I think it was actually yeah. a really good thing to actually say she said because she said when people go past they can't pick up more than five things no so if you've got more than five words there's a problem for example mm, well, I like that good. that's a good rule of thumb yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and I didn't know that either so I'm, I love this because I'm always learning <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so you did totally. the billboards, but then another thing which I've seen shared many times um since you've done it is is the vulva costumes. Oh yes. 
I think that was Joe's idea as well. She says, I think we need costumes. I'm like, amazing. That sounds I'm pro great. Costumes. I like yeah. costumes. I have a goat costume. costume. I have a goat costume. <laughs> I have a road cone costume and I have a spider costume. Plus I also dress up as my husband and do TikToks of what it's like to work with me. <laughs> it is so good. Yeah, I love a costume too. And I think, again, it was just like, it's funny for the audience. Yeah. Um, people recognize you on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, they don't recognize it's your just, face necessarily. They don't recognize your face. No, it's, <laughs> it was definitely, oh God, like dedication to the grand man. First few times in the costume, it's like, oh God, am I really doing this? And I think it's all the honk, stuff, honk like, of your horny, honk of your head yeah. sex today. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's just out there doing it. So yeah, the costumes get a lot of, um, a lot of good traction. And will you be bringing the costumes to Sydney, do you think? I've got one with me in Sydney. Actually, I've got two with me in Sydney. We've got some more made. So we've got like, we've literally got like eight of them now. <laughs> so I think that's awesome. a whole range. If you could eight, do like a giveaway, five. like of the best customer <laughs> of the year and they get their own Volvo <laughs> costume. We've had multiple people ask where we've got them made. We've had like, can I borrow them for an event? Like the people love them. They're so good. And you know, we do Volvo earrings. I reckon that would go really well. <laughs> I actually bought some Volvo earrings for a friend of a long time ago. They were made out of like nice clay. She really loved them. <laughs> because they look like a flower. Yeah. yeah. Don't they? Like not everyone will know it's a Volvo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So that, that also worked well for you because it's a sharing, eh? Like that, it wasn't like, yeah. you're not, you're not looking to get, you're not looking for people to stop in the middle of the road and go, oh, can I buy a vibrator off you? Yeah. It's more just that whole thing. If you know that if it's great and someone's going to take a photo of it, it's going to it's shareable content. Yeah, and you need to there's you need to be able to hook someone on social media, right, and grab their attention. So the more different things that you can do, and you like pattern breaks. Yes, like, you know, I'm people so are just scrolling breaks. through. Right. Yeah, people are just scrolling through. But if you can do something that go, oh, what's that? Or oh, wow, what is what is going on here? Yeah. Perfect. That's what you need to do. So even like. You'll notice we haven't used the costumes as much lately because people got we're used using to them. them too much. People got yeah. used to them. So now it's like, okay, park that for a little while. Let's do something else. And we're just about to change up our content. Well, we are kind of in the process at the moment, just tweaking it a little bit because, like I say, if you look at any account, um, particularly influencers, because I feel like those are the content creators that we get a lot of entertainment from, even the ones you found really funny a year ago, if they haven't innovated, you yeah. probably don't watch them as much anymore. So yeah. I think a good example of um, someone who's really innovative is Terrell Tuffer. I don't know if you know no, him. No. He's he's an amazing, he's a guy from New Zealand. And the way that he has innovated his content, if you go right back to, you know, he's been doing influence and stuff for ages and his engagement has stayed so high because he has constantly changed. Like for those ones, for the people who haven't, um, I don't know, there'll be some influencers who are still posting like they did two years ago and they'll be the ones who aren't growing or they're decreasing, um, whereas those who change with the times, those are the ones who will continue to grow, get new audience and, um, yeah, so we're always mindful of that as well. Because I'm um, Instagram is my worst platform, so I'm always, I, I love listening to this stuff. It's, it's because I, I, it's my least, it takes a lot of energy and I, and I have mm-hmm. not got a lot of energy. So I, I, but I love TikTok. I love going rogue on TikTok and I do a lot better yeah. on TikTok than I do on Instagram. But yeah. with, I'll often say to my clients who are on Instagram or anywhere else that 
if you're scrolling and your stuff looks, it look can look amazing, but if it's got the same fonts or the same design as half the other people there, people are just going to flick through it because it just looks the same. You know, sometimes having something that looks pattern breaking is so important, like using the non-trendy colors or using the different yeah. fonts or doing what you're saying is sometimes if, you, if you're known for this, changing it up and innovating it again as a business is essential because otherwise people get used to that and then other people copy it or emulate it and then it becomes yeah. samesy and there's there's stats around or something that of other stats i i never remember the numbers of these stats but it's something like the team we're, we're exposed to like tens of thousands of ads every 30, day 000, or brand apparently 30,000 exactly it used to be so, 10 10,000 but now it's like 30,000 marketing messages a day and you and totally. it's here anyway yeah and i remember looking when i found out that stat and like looking down at the floor and i had like a pizza box on the floor and i'm like I didn't even notice. I didn't even yeah. register that there was a deal on the top of that pizza box because yeah. you just like you just slammed with it all day every day. So I agree. I think if you're you know doing something a little bit same same or it's not something that's going to get attention because that's all you're essentially doing on social media is you're trying to get attention, um, then yeah, it needs to just just tweak it up. And it doesn't have to be difficult, like you say. If you're getting good engagement on TikTok, like totally double down like that can be that's such an opportunity at the moment that platform oh it is and even if it's been banned by the time we get here it's still gonna happen. yeah and my whole thing is like <laughs> if they ban it in america it's good for me because there'll be less american traffic which means my stuff's going to go out further that's my whole theory well, and i think if they ban it in america there'll be an, an american made app that's waiting in the oh, wings seconds. ready to take all the traffic right yeah absolutely because so that's how the concept is not going away yeah, yeah exactly short content leaving. bad news everyone short content yeah. going away you're not yeah you're going please let tiktok die so I don't have to do reels and tiktok yeah anymore. that's not happening it's interesting you say that because i was actually getting i was getting my nails done the other day and i was sitting next to a girl who had just finished uni and she must have been like 21 or something and i was asking her about tiktok because i don't actually watch tiktok that much but i know it's an opportunity i was asking her what brands do you see that are doing well on TikTok? Why do you think they're doing so well? Why do they capture your attention? And she said to me, oh, I just like some brands just think that it's Instagram and they're just posting their Instagram yes. stuff onto TikTok. And I was like, oh my God, throwback to when we started doing, we had an Instagram specific social agency in 2016. I'm like, that's what I used to tell quote unquote old people that I would say, you're trying to post on Instagram like you do on Facebook. Yes. You used to ask me, what are you going to do when Instagram dies? And I'm like, it's happening again. It is happening again. It like, is actually. And and I will say that I am bad because I put my con TikTok content onto Insta because I actually struggle with I think with that's Instagram. okay. Well, no, yeah. it's not really. It is a little bit, but I still will make reels specifically in Instagram with their mm. sounds and things like that or their things. Because what I like about TikTok is that I do feel I get to be that raw, real me. This The one you get in stories on TikTok, you know, more in stories on Instagram is my daily videos. And I've yeah. got two TikTok accounts and one's, I, I lost a lot of weight last year. So one's kind of been my weight loss journey. And so that one's had the niche right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I've got this amazing engaged community that has like big reach, you know, and it's like, but, and I get it if, and it's easy but it's because I'm just coming and talking about my my journey and my story and that is what people want on TikTok yeah they want yeah. real story and the people that try and come on there and do snazzy pants you know like yeah. here's my beautiful business with all my beautiful yeah. stuff they don't do well because they want to see the gritty shit they want to see like I saw um I don't know if you know Sarah Lily she's got a plus size brand called yeah. Flamingo so mm -hmm. she she was um 
hope, hopefully she doesn't. But she, on Facebook, on Instagram, she's doing okay. But on TikTok during the pandemic, she she, she filmed her meltdowns when she's stressed, and then she did the story, mm. and then over. And now she's shipping worldwide and getting these massive, yeah. orders, massive growth. But it's because TikTok does what Instagram story does, but you're getting it to ninety eight percent of the people who see every video has never seen you before. So you're yeah. getting this full, and so yeah. Anyway, I'm rambling on about TikTok, but I, but I think that the it's the same thing. People want gritty and real more, and it's just the feed on Instagram hasn't quite caught up to that yet. I think it will. Yeah, change. yeah, um, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. It'll be interesting to see the evolution of it, but I think that I, I think the main thing to think as well is that um, it's you know we'll talk about this and I know that there'll be people listening being like oh my god I literally cannot be bothered with another platform like this yeah. is so hard how I are we know. gonna find time for that yeah like and I'm totally I'm totally there with them like I'm totally there oh with my god too. admin you know yeah, and I that's know. why I've been organization so yeah yeah and I think that the opportunity though is that in exactly what you're saying is that actually people like the raw stuff it doesn't have to be polished it doesn't have to be super filtered oh. it's actually can be easier than the other content you're well, creating once you get the hang of it yeah. yeah yeah it's so good so so one thing so you like I just I'm looking at the time and going we could have probably talked about this all day and I know that you're really busy <laughs> as well but when you one of the things that I really liked you you talked about so you flipped on his head um and you make it brand tell me a little bit about like in terms of how you communicate because obviously there's a community guidelines and things like that I can't mm-hmm. I, we don't have time to tell the story but I've got a great story which I'll tell you later on about how um, Google once black blocked an entire phone from being sold because their logo at a party. I'll just take it. But Google once blocked a particular provider, which I can't tell you, from selling their phone because they got images of a party that an influencer had shared and someone had body painted the Google logo all over this person who was obviously essentially <laughs> naked underneath. <laughs> and so, the, so Google, people forget Google and Facebook are very conservative. Like they yeah. don't want, they're owned by like, Google was owned by very conservative people. So their rules are very conservative. So, mm. so that does make it really tricky to be able to run and do what you do um, and share. So that that community shareable thing is really important, isn't it? Like in terms of that confessions thing, did you start that on stories or did you start that with your email list or how did you start that? Yeah, we started it on stories and we've just like since having a few bits of content taken down and our whole account once, very traumatic um it we just real like now we know how to work with the thing so we can't use like like and we see lots of creators that in the space that will use like explicit terms it's actually it's the explicit terms and it's describing the act so even I think we actually got our account shut down because someone said something like um uh someone slapped someone or something and so that was seen as violent oh yeah so so anything like describing the act and so I'm I just think about from like okay machine learning point of view what's potentially going to get flagged here um and so we'll cross words out because with image recognition and stuff we're just really careful so we just cross out certain words or um even if we've had content taken down before where we've like um shared a story response like question box response and then put an emoji over top doesn't matter it can still tell like we've had content taken down so we like save it and then cross it out and then put it back up so it actually wow it actually can't tell what it is yeah I almost got banned from Facebook um from my Facebook group someone said something and I said something like oh you little rat 
as like a loving yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And and I got a warning and they said, you're yeah. the second warning, you will be banned yeah. from Facebook. And I was like, shit, this is my entire I job. Know. Yeah, <laughs> we, have, um, we have a Facebook group and that's it can be really hard to monitor as well because some yes. people might say, oh, men are stupid. And that will literally get that's it. We're like, like you get our whole group shut down. Yeah, yeah. So and it's such really a, careful. you know, like, you know, like, oh, my stupid boyfriend or something like that. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It can, it can be seen as bullying and it's, yeah, the community guidelines have become really tight. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, it's all good. You just got to kind of play within their parameters. But yeah, it's definitely adds another little juggle to everything. And with the with the digital and the billboards and the costumes, has has email become really important for you as well? Yeah, email. And I mean, I think it goes, it's the same for anyone, right? Like that own traffic is just so important. But even more so for us where we have, um, you know, we need to diversify our audiences because of how, you know, risky it is. And like, oh my God, touch wood. I don't even like talking about how risky it is. But um, yeah, so, and we invest quite a lot in email. So um, we work with an amazing, amazing agency um, and we kind of work off around 30% of our revenue should be coming from our email. I say, every month. I say 30% should yeah. be coming from emails. That's yeah. the ideal. And, yeah. Yeah. I've had friends who are like, like a friend who's actually going to come and work for us. She's like, I really didn't believe that. And then they had the same, um, yeah, same experience where they went, oh, actually, this is really profitable. Yeah. Um, and it's so neglected. So it was something that we were just always so focused on social. And then every time we'd send an email, we'd be like, oh, yeah, spike in sales. But it was just such an afterthought. That was so ugly. Like, it just wasn't good that now that we've got someone to sort like the flows and the campaigns that that's what works well for us. Yeah. And can I just say for everyone that's listening to that, that doesn't mean that she's that, that um, girls get off of sending a weekly email. That means they're segmenting, they're doing follow-ups, yeah. they're doing abandoned carts, they're doing rewards for best customers. They're doing things around yeah. people who haven't engaged for a while. They're sec- I, I just know this is what we're doing to get 30% yeah. reactive campaign um, email automator so I know so mm-hmm. so email to get that 30 percent is not everybody sending out an email every month every fortnight no. it is really drilling down and really using that list well yeah so I think we have our segments broken up into like people who haven't haven't purchased before yes. we also have like abandoned car emails we have disengaged um they'll like clean the list and we'll also have um if we have for sale we yes. actually won't send it out to anyone who's bought in the last yes. like however much yep, because we exactly. were getting every time we'd have a sale we'd end up with like however many customer service emails being like I bought yesterday can I have a refund so oh, we just pain. actually like we settle that down a little bit um yeah so we and we sometimes we'll run sales just in the email list um and sms is next for us so we're just building that list out now too um, so I also just want to say I love that because I'll often tell people don't put your sale in social because there's a reason for people to join too. So if they join for the sale, it's really good. So or join for bargains. And I always go give your best work to your email list. Give your best yeah. deals. Give your best time. For me, it's give my best intel. So my, client, my yeah. email list gets my best stuff. Um, yeah. my social and so to me, that's really important because they've invested in you by trusting you with their email address or buying from you. Yeah, yeah, and I think that like you actually don't want to. Well, you, we don't. We want to stay as far away from discounts as possible, and we and we try to at all times. But if you do find a situation where you've got too much stock or you need to just move something, then if you can just push it to the email list. It doesn't damage like the feed because you're not. Um, you know, you can't see that. Which you know, there's so many. There's so many bits to it. Discounting can just be so damaging, and it's just yeah. a whole different story. But um, yeah, if we can just sneakily pop one out to the email list, then that can often 
um, be quite good. And like, I mean, you, not everyone sees it anyway, so it's just a very small percentage. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to say for those of you that are my clients where I lecture you that and you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> talking specifically to you, and she said it as, me, as well as me, so please just start doing what we both say. Yeah. And it's okay. again, like, you, if anything happens, you've got your email list, no one can take it away from you. Like, it's literally gold. Yes, they can. That's the thing, right? Yeah. And you can email them a lot more than you think you can. 100%. Yeah. I always go, there are people, brands that email me more than once a day and I don't unsubscribe, but I open every email, but I don't unsubscribe because I love that brand. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, so I, um, I, and I'm going to ask you how people can find you um, and, and buy your products, but can we just talk briefly before we do that? Have you seen a real shift in the way that the acceptability, I guess, or the the openness around talking about um, sexual pleasure, about women really embracing this as a topic as well and feeling more confident to talk about it in a more open way. You know, like I am, I'm 51 and I think I told you on LinkedIn that I got, when I was doing the sex and dating stuff that I got a book called um, 365 Posi Sexual Positions, lent it to a friend and it's still bloody doing the round of point share of like nine years later. I never got the book back, but every now and again, I get someone saying, hey, I think this book came originally from you and just gets put in letterboxes, letterbox to letterbox, you know? But there is like a shift, so eh? like there's a shift yeah. of people being more open about that, which I think it's really good. Um, have you noticed that? Yeah, I know. Like, for example, when we first started this, like, man, we were unsure if this was going to work. I think you can be like, oh, we've done all the planning. We're pretty sure it's going to work, but we still don't know because we knew that we'd need to, like, leverage other people's channels. So, yeah. for example, when we first launched the business, I, I reached out to 70 influencers. Four came back saying yes. Two of two of whom we knew already. So oh, that is like wow. how reluctant people were to work with us. And wow. we still get a lot of reluctance, like especially um and, and we get higher rates. Um we know that people are yeah, they're not comfortable with it. When they talk about it, it'll just be a little bit like, yeah, it might not work. When we do get people who are confident about it and do want to push it, then it's incredible because no one else is talking about it. Um, but we've certainly seen a shift of from from that stage to now people are a lot more open, for example, to working with us. Like we don't have as much pushback as we used to. Um, there are still some influencers who are like, oh, I've got my grandparents following me or I've got board members or um, so we still come up against that. And that's just like part of it. Right. Like we even had I even applied to an expo the other day and it was like, oh, we've kind of got to be family friendly. So you wouldn't be able to have any products on display. like. So there's just barriers and that's just like the nature of it right and, and it'll like change like nice little toys I mean I know. Like <laughs> you're doing the like the full big kind of bulgy thing I know I know exactly <laughs> so it's just and it's just part of it but I think now and especially in New Zealand where we've got good brand awareness and we've been able to build a community it's social proof right so if one influencer sees that I'm using influencers as an example because that's what I've got like the data on like you know if one sees someone else posting about it, then they're like, oh, actually, that wasn't too bad. And actually, yeah. I really like that they I talked think, about that. Then it kind of gets the ball rolling. Yeah. And I do think like this is like, it's really interesting for me because, you know, as I said, 51, I'm not menopausal yet, but it's, I'm kind of thinking it's like menopause. Like, I think it's great for your generation to be pushing and making it more acceptable to talk about it. Um, because like for me, 
it's for me like with menopause that we weren't my mother definitely was in a she wrote a book on hysterectomies like when she was around my age and she was like talking about that stuff then but no one was talking about it then but now with menopause we're like stuff this you know and sexual pleasure and stuff like that fits really well into that topic and yeah. and it's like it's like why are we still struggling to 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 break down these ideas that it's not okay or it's not it's not appropriate for us to talk about our sexual health in terms of just pleasure because it, it very much relates to me how the health mm -hmm. of us comes from that as well so I, I do think that it's it's good to have the more open discussions it is and it's definitely changing like the you know when we started we started to see our biggest sales nights on like Friday and Saturday nights because we knew that our target customer was hanging around with the girlfriends having some wines mm -hmm. and you know and when we made it when we made it the marketing in a way that was funny it meant that people could share the stuff yeah. was like oh my god look what they're doing or like oh my god this is hilarious and then all of a sudden it's just like sharing a meme but they've shared something from the vibrator company and it's not as weird they don't feel uncomfortable about it and I think I was talking with um some people recently and it is that shame that you have associated with it like it's important that you understand why that is and yeah. most likely comes down to a societal thing mm. and then if you if you really like it's not your fault it's just you know society and certain experiences that you might have had and then second to that it's like what bad things are going to happen by talking about pleasure more what what's going to go wrong literally nothing goes wrong there's only benefit in talking about pleasure more you know it's like it's just been hidden away and I'm excited for the future and like what that looks like because we're just at this sort of tipping point I feel around um the woman's sexual pleasure anyway uh, around Absolutely. what that looks like which is cool. It's just so great to have it done in a place where it's well lit and it looks lovely and the products are nice. And, you know, like um, I'm, I know you're, it's a website, not like it's a store, but like I'm thinking, yeah. like, you know, I know you also shared on LinkedIn that there was that person in Ponsonby who had done the store where it just looks like Yeah, that's amazing. Store. You know, but I think like that and you compare that to um, like this like kind of scary sex shop thing where you feel a little bit seedy and you know there's some really weird shit going on behind that door because there's this whole guy yeah. going in there holding their pants quite tightly you know like and there's all that sort of stuff it's so nice to feel like there's safe spaces for women yeah yeah and actually yeah if you are in Auckland listening make sure you go and see Ella on Ponsonby Road at Hello Lover that is like such a cool store she's done such a good I job I love that I love that it's not so you give a plug so if people want to come and see how they can get off um and just as a tip if you're a male that was not an invitation for you to buy something unless you check it with your your friend or partner um <laughs> yeah. being very um heteronormative there but if you know just just check because it's not nice to just give someone something without asking them first it does feel a little bit like a slight yeah I feel yeah. You know. yeah use it use it as a talking point first yeah use it as a talking point first you know have a few conversations maybe have a few wines and then talk about it yeah. and talk about what you want and also I'm just going to say this too if it's giving it to someone and saying I'd quite like to watch you use this that is not <laughs> the best first thing to say yeah you need to yeah say, oh my god I found this yeah saw this cool Instagram account look at this do you find this funny oh would you be into that what do you think about this yeah it's start okay. there not saying something like I found this cool Instagram account could we get you one so I could watch that's not okay yeah no but coming in a bit hot there <laughs> coming in a little bit hot okay so if people do want to find you and find the products that you sell which are um 
I'm going to tell you a funny story after this because we've run out of time, but a horrendous story. But um, but with with um, with your products, they are a lot of them do look quite discreet as well, and they're often a lot smaller than people would expect. Yeah, if they're yeah, won't get in the way of the partner play. Yeah. yeah, so nice. The whole thing was like, let's make something that's not intimidating, wouldn't look out of place in your bathroom, um, in your bathroom cabinet or your bedside table, and also something that's not um, yeah, won't get in yeah. the way if you're using it with a partner. Um, yeah, and so there's no, and you may not need to be worry about your child getting it and mistaking it for a microphone yeah. dog nests, which is a common <laughs> apparent, common thing that yeah. happens with children. Common thing and dogs yeah. eating the toys. So just yeah, and dogs eating the toys. Yeah, yeah. that still might happen, yeah. but you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so where would they come to find you? Um, find um, yeah, totally. So we girls get off on Instagram. I think we girls get off HQ on TikTok now because our girls get off one got banned. Um, and we uh, we've got girls get off uncensored. That's our Facebook group. We've got the girls get off podcast. Um, and girlsgetoff.co.nz or .com, depending where you are in the world. And then my personal Instagram is vivconway underscore. Amazing. And so people can buy from all over the world? They can. Oh, don't quote me on that. I think it's no, just Australia, Australia New and New Zealand, though. Yeah, US. US yeah. In yeah. UK. I think in, rest of the world um, is coming soon. If you're in Uzbekistan, might be an issue getting through <laughs> customs. Maybe, maybe, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I've got one or two. I've, I definitely yeah. got business in Poland, so I'm not too sure how it is there either. But definitely Australia, New Zealand, US. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All Perfect. the Um, this has been an extreme pleasure, Viv. Thank you so much. Um, I am gonna wear my spider and my goat and my raccoon costumes with a little bit more confidence from now on. <laughs> um, the confidence that comes with a certain glow. No. Um, and um, and also um, I I want to say to everyone out there. But if you've ever thought that you can't um, sell something by looking a bit silly, just remember that Viv dresses as a vulva and it makes her money. Yeah. Dedication to the gram. You've got to do Dedication it. Dedication to the gram. Thank you so much for being part of the show. Thanks, Rachel. I really enjoyed my time. Oh, cool. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I enjoyed recording it today. If you want to get more information about how you can build a great content strategy yourself, do come along to one of my free events in New Zealand. Go and search on Eventbrite for Identify Marketing and it will show you all the places that I'm coming to across New Zealand in 2023. It's a free event. People always say, I can't believe this is free. I would have paid for it. But it is free. It's really great content. So come along, meet me, say hello and be part of those events. Now, if you found that there were bits in here that you really wanted to take on board, here's a few things that I want to share that I think you should do. One, I really, really want you to think about how you can turn your audience into something where you're flipping the switch and finding the gaps in what everybody else is doing. I love that Viv said that and that was awesome. I also really liked that idea that we have to make sure that people feel safe when they're working with us so they can relax a little bit like sex. And that was really cool. I like the idea of taking that concept and idea and putting it into a business. And the second thing is, Come and join me on the dark side of dressing up. Me and Viv dress up for our businesses. Don't be afraid of looking a bit silly, having fun, playing and getting humour because people like it, people share it, people remember it. Have a great week and I'll talk to you next week. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.